Hey, everybody, Elizabeth here. Before we get into today's episode, I wanted to make sure that you know registration is currently open for our Spring Strong Foundations cohort. Strong Foundations is a five-week strength building program brought to you by me and Morgan Bungers. Coach Morgan Bungers is one of the best, most effective strength training coaches in this country. He has worked with some of the most elite athletes in the world, and now he specializes working with people in their 40s, in their 50s, in their 60s who want everyday strength. And this is not about being able to push your suitcase into the overhead compartment on an airplane. We need to be consistently and effectively strength training if we want to maintain the strength of our immune system. Muscle is a critical part of our immune system. And if we are not actively maintaining our strength, we are losing it as we age. And that means we are losing the strength of our immune system. It's also a significant component of our overall metabolism, especially our carbohydrate metabolism. Muscle mass plays a huge role in energy, in mood, mental health, bone health, so many different things. This is just not optional, but a lot of us don't do it because we aren't sure what to do. We aren't sure what not to do. We aren't sure if we're moving well. We don't know how to accommodate for our physical limitations or our current level of fitness, and that is why you need a coach and you'd be hard-pressed to find one better than Morgan Bungers. Now, here's the thing about fitness programs. I've experienced this. My mom, who's in her 70s, has experienced this, where you buy a fitness program and then you're like, okay, but I I can't do that workout because I'm not fit enough or I don't have enough balance or I don't have that equipment or that hurts my knees or it hurts my back. And then you're sort of just left to figure it out yourself, which means we often don't do anything. The great thing about Strong Foundations is that Morgan and I are part of it every single day and you have an unlimited ability to ask us questions in a group setting or via direct message so that Morgan can help you scale for you, for whatever equipment you have, for the time that you have, for your fitness level, for your body and your physical limitations. Five weeks, there's two different tiers. There's a beginner intermediate tier. There's an intermediate advanced tier. The testimonials that we have received from our previous clients will blow your mind. You can check them out and also register for your spot by going to primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. If you are an alum, if you have been through strong foundations before, I've already emailed you a renewal link with a special renewal rate. So please use that. If you don't see that email, let me know. For the rest of you, primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. We start on May 13th. So grab your spot now. You will have these workouts for life. Four workouts a week for five weeks, two different tiers. So you've got 40 workouts total. Plus, there is a five-part series on your pelvic floor. That is an incredibly important part of your physical fitness, of your strength, of your core strength, of your overall health, of your ability to maintain functional mobility as you get older. We want you to be a part of this. You will not regret joining the Strong Foundations cohort. It is an incredible community. 
everybody needs to be consistently and effectively strength training. And if you're not, it's probably because you don't know how to make it work for you. And it can be made to work for you. It needs to be made to work for you. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation to register now. Let's get into the episode. This is Primal Potential, and I am your host, Elizabeth Benton. Through education, motivation, and implementation, we will bridge the gap between knowing and doing so we can master fat loss naturally and help you reach your highest potential. Let's get started. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Primal Potential Podcast. I am Elizabeth Benton, and I just want to say before we start a huge, huge thank you to the thousands of you who hung out with me live this week on my webinar series to kick off the spring fat loss fast track, which we did fill up in record time, which is so bananas. And I cannot wait to meet you guys to work with you. It's going to be absolutely amazing. And for those of you who are not going to be in the spring fat loss fast track, we already have the wait list up for the summer over on primalpotential.com underneath transformation tools. So you can check that out. But even if you decided it's not for you this time around, that's completely completely okay. And that is why I do the podcasts and everything else that I do so that we can stay in touch because I want to know all of you. I want to help all of you. I really genuinely do. Now, the cool benefit for me, aside from just getting to hang out with you guys live, is that I get to hear questions from you. And I love that because I know that if one person has a question, there's absolutely multiple people out there with the same question. So what I'm going to be doing is incorporating some of the questions that I heard from you guys live over this past week in upcoming podcast episodes, beginning with today's episode. So I want to kind of face something head on that is, I think, a bit of a misconception about me, a misconception that I think many of you have about me. I have heard from so many people, I wish I had your motivation or your willpower. They think that I have some superhuman strength that has allowed me to lose the weight that I have lost. And that is not true. It's just not true. I do not have any superhuman skills. I really don't. People think that I don't struggle with temptation or frustration, that I don't have bad days. And that's just not true, right? People feel like they can't get control of their food choices or their emotions the way that I have, or they can't lose weight the way that I have because they don't have some skill set that I have. And guys, that's just not true. There is nothing in me that is not also in you at all. I am not stronger than you. I'm just more practiced than you. Maybe I'm a bit more strategic because I've failed so many times and I've learned from those failures, but I am not stronger than you. I'm not. For those of you who might think or say or tell me or email me, I wish I had your motivation or your discipline. I want to take you guys inside my days inside my strategies and show you and prove to you that it is not super 
human will. It is simple strategies that I practice still every single day to avoid a lot of the landmines that you guys are still stepping on, right? It's not that I don't have these landmines in my own life or in my own days. I do. It's not that I am immune to them, that I'm wearing the shield of armor, that they're no risk to me. They are. It's just that I've set up and I continue to practice some basic strategies so that I can avoid them instead of just running through the field praying that I don't step on one today, right? And I think many people take that approach. I know I used to like, oh my God, please let this be the day that like I don't give in to the cupcakes, right? So I want to be very direct about the fact that I am not smarter. I am probably not more motivated, right? If anything, I'm just more strategic and more simple. I take a more simple approach, and you can do that as well, seriously. So what I wanted to do today is take our time together and address some of the most common questions that I get asked about my approach to fat loss, how I handle temptation, how I handle frustrating days, and everything in between. And then I want to share with you a few very specific strategies that I incorporate into every single day of mine that work for me to make my days easier and my progress faster. So one of the questions that comes up a lot is, Do you consider yourself a food addict or do you believe that food addiction is a real thing? Do you have foods that are just totally off limits for you that you don't eat no matter what because they're your kryptonite? And I'm going to answer these questions for me because they've been asked to me, right? So I'm not suggesting that my answer is your answer. It's probably not. But do I consider myself a food addict? No, I don't. Have I, at times, surrendered my personal power to food and allowed food to control me and my emotions? Oh yeah, absolutely. Most of my life, for sure. Does that make me an addict? No, I don't think it does. And here's why I say that. If I were to say, yes, I am a food addict, then I would also be saying, food has more power than I do. And while that might be an okay approach to alcohol or drugs, that doesn't set me up for success when I have to eat every day. If I go into every food choice believing that food has more power than I do, I'm screwed. I'm screwed, right? I do have power over food and over my food choices. Of course I do. And I believe very strongly that anything anything, whether it's brain surgery or playing an instrument or learning a language or gaining control over your choices with food, anything can become easy with enough practice and consistency and the right approach. The problem is many of us, myself included, for most of my life, we don't practice. We give up and then we beat ourselves up. We give in, we change direction, we try something new, we jump around, and we never stick to one behavior change long enough to earn easy, right? Now, here's something, you know, that I want to be really candid about. When I was at my heaviest, in early 350 pounds, if you've seen the pictures, you know I'm not lying, and I was eating Hostess cupcakes, the chocolate ones, no no vanilla, that wasn't, no, those aren't good, chocolate Hostess cupcakes, and chimichangas all the time, did I cut them out for a while? I sure did. Would I allow myself to have them now? Yeah, but here's the thing. I don't want them. 
<laughs> I don't want them. And here's why. Did I for a long time? Of course, absolutely, right? It was hard. But as you slowly transition, and notice the adverb I used there, slowly. As you slowly transition to foods that make you feel really awesome, I'll tell you this, it gets easier and easier every single day that you're consistent because you become more attracted to feeling awesome than you are attracted to the junk that doesn't make you feel awesome. Feeling great and feeling confident and watching your body change becomes more appealing than the food. It doesn't start out that way, but with practice and consistency, I promise you, it gets that way. So if I wanted a Hostess cupcake right now, I'd get it. But the thought of it makes me think, nah, that's not worth it. If I'm going to do a cupcake, I'm going to do a legit cupcake. I'm not going to do some like Frankenfood that God knows how long it's been in that plastic wrapper, right? Now, you might be thinking, well, a Hostess cupcake still appeals to me. That's fine. It did to me for a while, too. And if it did to me tomorrow, I'd eat one. It takes time. But my point is, I am not a superhero, and I do not have superhuman or superhuman willpower or motivation. I really, really don't. And I don't believe that food has now or has ever had more power. It's just at one point in my life, I didn't exercise my power. And at this point, it's something that I continue to practice every single day. I decided, I made the choice to be patient with myself when in the past, when I was yo-yo dieting, I was not patient with myself, not even a little. It was always rush, 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 be perfect, be perfect. It wasn't working. So I decided to just grant myself a little bit of grace, be patient, take things one thing at a time. And if I have a secret, like a a key to my success, I guess it would be a handful of secrets. And here's what they are. I'm just going to lay them out there for you so that you can see kind of the process that I take. And you'll notice that these these secrets to my success are not about food. They're not about food. If you're still thinking that this is about food, it's really not about food. So here they are, and then I'll go through them one by one. I don't lie to myself anymore. I ask myself a lot of questions. I keep it very simple. I don't make things harder than they need to be, and I spend more time doing than I spend planning right? So I want to tell you what I mean by these things. And then I want to give you a few examples of how I structure my day to make things easier. So when it comes to the first one, which is I don't lie to myself. Let me let me tell you a story. And I shared this story uh, last week. This happened last week. I shared it inside my Fat Loss Fast Track Facebook group. Here's what happened. So I woke up on a Sunday morning At my normal time, I usually get up around 4.30 in the morning, and I got up at my normal time, did my normal routine. My normal routine is coffee and work. I am most focused and most motivated in the morning. So I got my coffee, knocked out some work, and I was kind of in a good groove. It was obviously a busy week because I had the Fat Loss Fast Track lunch, so I had a lot to do. I was in my groove, and honestly, probably like five hours went by just sipping on my coffee and working. And then I was like, you know what? I'm feeling a little bit low energy. So I'm going to go work out. And it was a Sunday. I I wasn't planning to work out, but I decided to do a workout. So at this point, all that was in my system was coffee, right? I'm getting there somewhere with this story. Hang with me, I promise. So I get my workout in. It's a great workout. Decide to come back, take a shower, all that. And then, of course, at this point, I'm like, I'm really hungry. And, of course, it's one of those days where I had no food. So I went to the grocery store. 
And as is normally the case, I, I usually use my time in the grocery store to like check in with family, you know, talk on the phone, whatever. So I'm going through the grocery store, filling up my cart with vegetables and meat and all that different stuff. And I'm on the phone with my sister as I go through the grocery store. It's midday at this point, and I'm really, really hungry. And while I am shopping and talking to my sister, I'm one of those annoying people that talks on the phone in the grocery store. Yep, that's me. If I hit you with my cart, I'm probably on the phone. Um, I start this internal dialogue about cookies, really about cookies. And I think to myself, oh, I should go look in the bakery and I'll just get one cookie. I'll pick one from the bakery and then there'll only be one. Oh my gosh, a cookie would be so good. And so I'm talking to my sister and I'm putting things in my cart and I'm thinking about this cookie. And then I was like, you know what though? They don't usually have gluten-free cookies. If I'm going to do a cookie, I should probably do a gluten-free cookie. But you know what I can do? I can get those frozen Udi's cookies from the freezer section, and I can do that. And then the internal dialogue continues while I'm talking to my sister, and she has no idea about this dialogue in my head because I can masterfully uh, multitask with the internal dialogue. So I'm like, well, if I get the thing of Udi's, there's maybe 12 in there. What I can do is open it up before I leave the grocery store, take two or three out, throw throw away the rest, no big deal, and then eat them, right? Like, yeah, 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 that's what I'll do. And as I'm having this conversation in my head, I go to the freezer section, I get the Udi's cookies, and I put them in my cart. And I'm continuing to talk with my sister, but I feel unsettled about this choice, which, guys, if you're being honest with yourself, is red flag number one. There's never this unease when you put broccoli in your cart. So if you put something in there that then you're like, oh, should I, shouldn't I? That right there, if you're not lying to yourself, is a really powerful indicator that maybe that wasn't the choice that you're going to feel the best about. So the internal dialogue continues, right? And what I did was I asked myself the normal questions that I tend to evaluate these kinds of choices with. How do I want to feel in an hour? If I have the cookies, how will that make me feel in an hour? And given that, is it worth it? Now, here's where the lying thing comes into place. I could have so easily talked myself into those cookies by saying, seriously, Elizabeth, like it's two gluten-free cookies, not a big deal. It's the middle of the day. All you've had is coffee. You've got to work out in. It's not going to move the needle and whatever. After you have them, like it's done. It's gone. But the brutal self-honesty reminds me, hey, Elizabeth, that is not the question you asked. Because the reality is, there's two potential scenarios here. If I am to mentally to fast forward an hour, right, an hour from when I'm standing in the grocery store, I am going to be in either one of two situations. I'm going to be home in an hour. I will have either had two or three frozen Udi's cookies, no big deal, right? Or I will have left the cookies at the grocery store, not eaten them, and made myself a fat loss friendly brunch. Which of those two scenarios will make me feel better? It's not about, am I going to feel guilty for eating these cookies? Because no, I wouldn't. But the reality is, if I'm being very honest with myself, I didn't ask myself, will you feel guilty about the cookies? Because I can argue that these cookies aren't a big deal all day long because they're not. But the reality is, I want to feel great. So when faced with... Well, I could be feeling really proud of myself for leaving the cookies at the grocery store and having made a very, very satisfying and filling fat loss friendly brunch that I enjoyed, you know, leisurely while watching the news. Then 
that is going to make me feel a whole lot better than like, eh, whatever, I had the cookies, but they totally weren't worth it. I shouldn't have done that, right? Which will make me feel better? That's the question I force myself to answer because like I said, I can argue that the cookie is no big deal because it's not, but that is not the point. That is not the point. I don't lie to myself and say things like, I'm emotional, it's been a bad day, I'm going to have ice cream. Because the truth is, ice cream doesn't make me less emotional. Ice cream doesn't magically make the day better. In fact, it's more likely to make the day worse because then I'm going to feel not so great after the ice cream because, for me personally, dairy is not, not a friend. Not a friend. That whole story of, well, I'm emotional, well, I'm tired, well, it's been a bad day, that is a lie I tell myself to justify the choice. I don't tell myself things like, well, a cheat meal would probably make a lot of sense because my body probably needs a break from, you know, eating so clean and taking such great care of myself. The reality is, that's bull. My body doesn't need a break from health. It's just a lie I tell myself to justify the choice I want to make in the moment. If I'm going to make that choice, fine. The cookie, the ice cream, the pizza, whatever, but I'm going to own it. I'm just going to say this is the choice I made. I'm not going to pretend that it has to do with some emotion or some circumstance because that just takes away my personal responsibility, right? So the second thing, and you guys have kind of seen some examples of this already, the second thing I do now that I didn't used to do is I ask myself a lot of questions. I don't let myself off the hook with the first thought that pops into my mind or my first response to temptation. I don't feed myself a bunch of lies and then not question them. Now, you've heard some of the questions I ask myself most often. I've shared them on the podcast and on webinars before. There's a series of three questions that I ask most often, but it doesn't stop there. Those three questions are, how do I want to feel in an hour? If I make this choice, how will it make me feel? And given that, is it worth it? And it was funny, I was talking to another client uh, the other day about about these three questions, and and she was saying, interestingly, we were talking about cookies. I think because I gave the cookie example to her. I think that's why we were talking about cookies. Um, But she said, well, when I ask myself those questions, I feel like I'm okay with the choice of the cookie. It's one cookie, no big deal. I'm not going to feel bad about it. And I said to her, The question is not, will I feel bad about eating this cookie? It's, how do I want to feel in an hour, and will the cookie give me that feeling? It's not, will I regret the cookie? What is the alternative? What is the alternative? We cannot ignore the alternative, but that's what most of us do. Like, I mean, whatever, it's not a big deal, it's this one thing and then we go with it. We avoid or we ignore the alternative. Let's say that you go to Starbucks with the intention of getting a cup of coffee, but as you're waiting in line, it's just enough time to have this internal debate in your head about a latte and a cookie, right? Today's like cookie day, whatever. So you have this internal debate in your head about changing your mind from the coffee you had planned on to a latte and a cookie. And then you're thinking, it's not a big deal. It's not a binge. It's in control. It's a latte and a cookie. That's fine. But that's not the question. You've got to consider both options. Like I talked about with my cookie situation, fast forward an hour. Scenario number one, you've talked yourself out of the latte and the cookie. You got your coffee and an hour later, you're feeling kind of proud of yourself and confident in your win. You made a great choice and you're bringing that momentum into the evening. Or scenario number two, you talked yourself into 
the latte and the cookie and you eat it and it's good. And then you're kind of tired and you're craving more sweet things and you're thinking, it wasn't even that amazing and it was gone in 30 seconds. I kind of wish I hadn't done that. Which scenario do you want to be in, right? Or when I have moments, and I think we all have these moments, I'm certainly not immune to them, when I have moments of, I just don't care. I do not care what the healthy choice is right now. Whatever, this day sucks, where's the ice cream? I don't just let myself off the hook with those statements like, I just don't care. I will say to myself, is that true? I will literally ask myself, usually in my head, but sometimes out loud, Elizabeth, is it true that you don't care what you eat? Or are you just like pissed off right now? And if you're just pissed off right now, is is that anger or that frustration or that loneliness what you want to base your decisions on? Is it true that you don't care? And I'll ask, what happens if that's true, that you don't care? And then I'm like, oh, crap. Yeah, yeah, I care. I care. I care. Really. I lived for most of my life what it was like to not care, what it was like to let emotion fuel my decisions. And when I say, okay, if you're letting your emotion drive this decision, what happens when you do that? I'm like, mercy, mercy. I get it. I won't do that. I've been there. That sucks. I don't want to live that way. Or when I say things to myself like, I just need to get it out of my system. I'm going to indulge today and then super clean tomorrow. I'll ask myself, is that true? Does indulging get it out of my system? For me, the answer is no. For me, it just makes me crave more things and then makes me like go down this rabbit hole that is not conducive to me feeling my best. And what I do today, I'm more likely to do tomorrow, and I sure as heck don't want to do it again tomorrow. The third thing that is a strategy I use is I don't make things harder than they need to be. I am all about simplicity. This doesn't need to be complicated. I'm not counting calories or macros. Nothing's off limits, right? I don't have set fasting periods. I eat real foods and I eat stuff I enjoy eating while I pay attention to my body. I see so many people overcomplicating this, turning their head at every single article and meal plan and workout system. You're exhausting yourself before you even get started. So many people send me articles and have you seen this? No. And you know what? Just by the headline, I know it's not a big rock, so I'm not going to give it my energy and my attention. Why? Because I don't have unlimited energy and attention. And so if it's some like crazy wahoo thing, like cooking the freaking pit of an avocado and grinding it up for nutrition, yeah, I'm pretty sure I've got an easier solution to getting the nutrients I need than like harvesting an avocado pit and pulverizing it and adding it to meatloaf. Like, nah, it doesn't have to be that complicated. It can be as simple as look at how you're currently eating, identify one improvement, practice it every single day. That's it. Most of you, if you're being honest with yourself, if you were to track for a couple of days, you could identify one improvement that you can make. And if you can't identify one, lucky you, there's almost 200, probably more than that now between the Q&A episodes, 200 podcast episodes where I give you a bazillion different options that you can adopt. Track for two weeks. Track for two weeks without changing anything and then look back and go, Where can I make this more fat loss friendly? What is one change I could make and then do that one thing? 
It doesn't need to be complicated. It doesn't have to be perfect. My approach has never been complicated or perfect. When it was complicated and when I strived for perfection, I quit. I gave up. You are holding yourself back when you overcomplicate things. Complexity is the enemy of execution. The next thing I want to share that I do is I spend more time doing than planning. I spend more time doing than planning. And this was not always the case. I've shared before how I would sit down with a notebook and calculate out how much weight I could possibly lose before the next calendar milestone or the next event. And I would plan out a month worth of menus and workouts, and then I'd never do it. I would read for days about strategies and approaches when all along I could easily look at what I was doing and make one improvement. I just wasn't doing it. I was spending far more time planning and not nearly enough time doing. So I was exhausted by my planning even though I wasn't doing anything. So I wasn't getting results even though I felt like I was trying. It was just my effort was in planning, not in action. Knowing is worth very little. Doing is worth everything. I decided to be driven to achieve, not driven to know more. That is why when people send me these articles, I can glance at it and be like, I don't need to know more about that. I need to do more and I need to help other people activate. I don't need to teach you about metabolism. I need to teach you to take action. So what I want to do for our last few minutes together is is share five or four or five, I don't know how many, of my personal success strategies that make my days easier. So what I just shared with you was kind of like my philosophy. These are specific actions that I take. And you'll see that some of them have to do with food, but a lot of them don't. So one of them is, and this might rub people the wrong way, but again, guys, keep in mind, please, that this is what works for me. It doesn't mean that it has to be what works for you, but if it generates some ideas for you, I think that that's really powerful. So I do not keep convenience foods around. I don't. I used to because I was like, well, what if I get hungry? I need to have this and I need to have that. And there was a time in my journey where that was very, very important. That time is not now. See, because oftentimes when we get bored or we're procrastinating, we'll walk to the fridge, we'll walk to the pantry, and we'll just take a handful of something. It's just easy. And because it's easy, there is no time to consider Is this the right choice? Am I hungry? Do I need food? It's just so easy, that protein bar, the handful of nuts, the cheese sticks, whatever. It's so easy that we just do it without thinking. And then upon reflecting, we're like, I don't even, I don't even think I thought about that. So one of the things that I do is I don't keep those things around. My fridge and my cabinets are full of fat loss friendly foods, but fat loss friendly foods that require some degree of preparation because that forces the pause. If I get hungry, I can eat, but I really have to consider, is it worth kind of like stopping to chop Brussels sprouts and cook them? Or is it worth opening up a can of salmon and then like putting it in a bowl and then having to wash the bowl and wash the spoon and wash the fork and wash whatever I put in it? Like, Mm, No, it's enough of a pause for me that it prevents mindless eating based on the fact that I have to prepare it. And I know that I am not going to starve. I'm not going to starve. I know a lot of people think, oh my God, I need those convenience foods. And if I don't have them, I'm going to dive into the vending machine. No, you're not. Diving into the vending machine is a choice. Getting hungry 
does not increase the chances that you dive into the vending machine. They are two separate things. One does not lead to another. They might happen so quickly that you don't realize they're separate, but if you're being really honest with yourself, they are two separate things and you're using the hunger to justify the vending machine choice, right? It's okay. It might be a habit you need to break, but it's not helpful to justify the choice by saying you have no control over it like it happens automatically. It doesn't happen automatically. So if I want to eat, I have to prepare something. That's just the way that I keep myself from the mindless eating. You know, I work from home, so it would be easy to walk to the fridge and see something convenient and just eat it and then later be like, I wasn't even hungry. Like I had just eaten an hour ago, right? And the fear of hunger thing, I just remind myself, I'm not in danger of starving. And hunger, while it can be a little uncomfortable, it's not a threat to me. It doesn't hurt. It's not like I'm in physical pain when I'm hungry. It might be a little discomfort, but the reality is like, I'm not going to die and I always can prepare something. And if I don't have something, I can go get something. But I just have these barriers in place to prevent the mindless eating. The other thing that I do is I create energy through movement, not food. Now, granted, I eat meals that fuel my body and give me energy. That's not what I mean. What I'm talking about is that energy slump that comes maybe mid-morning or mid-afternoon, and I used to always turn to food like, oh my gosh, I need a snack. Like, I'm crashing. I need a snack. Now, I'm like, I'm crashing. I need to generate some energy, right? I changed that response of turning to food when I felt really kind of tired mid-morning or mid-afternoon to understanding that I just need to get up, get moving, clean something, fold something, do some jumping jacks, some body weight squats. I understand and practice the knowledge that energy is created in motion. So I don't need to go eat something. It doesn't mean I need food in my system. It probably just means that I need to like get moving. I, I say to my trainer all the time, if I go into the gym and I'm tired, I say, um, I'm a little low energy today, so I'm in the right place. Like action creates energy. Movement and motion creates energy. So instead of like, where's the chocolate? It's three o'clock. I need something. Get up and get moving. Even if you have one minute to do body weight squats at your chair, do it. Create energy in motion. And in the evening, instead of going through that like foggy, I'm so tired post-dinner coma state, go to bed. Go to bed. Go to bed. The other thing is that I do one good thing first. So let me tell you what I mean. If I'm considering whatever it is, ice cream, cookies, skipping a workout, whatever, I say, you know what? That's totally an option, but let me do one good thing first. Let me do one good thing before I make this choice. So if I'm talking about ice cream, like I'm going to go out and get a cup of ice cream. Well, you know what? Let me go for a 10-minute walk first, get some fresh air, clear my head, and then I'll decide. Or let me just clean up first. Let me, let me make my bed. Let me clean the kitchen. And then I'll decide. I do one positive thing first to make sure that I am making the decision in a positive frame of mind. Because if I make the decision when I'm stressed or work hasn't been going that well or I just got in an argument with somebody or I'm feeling really tired, then the quality of the decision really suffers. So I tell myself, and it doesn't mean go get in a 30-minute workout, though that's an option, you can do something in a minute. I might say, you know what? 
Do 20 body weight squats and 20 push-ups and then decide. Clean your room, organize your closet, and then decide. Put yourself in a positive frame of mind first in either 60 seconds or a full workout or whatever it is. It can take one minute. It can take 20 minutes. It really doesn't matter. But do something to put you in a positive frame of mind. It could be blast your favorite song and dance around the room or dance in your car and then decide. But the reality is do something that moves you towards a positive frame of mind before you make the decision, right? And then the other thing, and this might make you guys laugh. (laughs) It's making me laugh, so we'll see. This is going to sound so strange. Ready? I wear tight things. Not like out in public, I'm not being like racy, you know, like busting out of my clothes, but around the house. I wear tight things. Now, this was an interesting transition for me when I left my job in corporate America and started my own business because it was super easy to like spend the day in leggings, right? I mean, who doesn't want to do that? But the reality is it's tough to know what's happening with your body if you're not wearing fitted clothes. And when I was at my heaviest, this was a really tough thing to do because... I I naturally had to buy things that weren't fitted because I was like really big. But now, for example, I work for a concentrated block of time in the morning and then I work out and then I take a shower and where I would normally put on yoga pants or leggings or shorts or something like that, I put on my tightest pair of jeans, like the tightest pair I own, even maybe the pair that I wouldn't wear out in public. But you know what? It, it prevents me, like, I can notice, you know, a couple of days at a time, is my body moving in the right direction or is my body not moving in a direction I want to go or am I maintaining really nicely in a way that I want to? So I think that this is really powerful. You've got to do this. Even if you decide that, like, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday from 6 to 7 p.m. is your power hour where you rock your tight clothes around your bedroom, through your living room, whatever. Stay in touch with those very fitted pieces of clothing because you have to be aware of what is happening with your body. So this is one I do almost every day. I have one particular pair of jeans right now that are like, "Ah, I mean, I could wear them out, but I, I wear them around by myself all the time because that is how how I get in touch with my body and how my body is responding. So anyway, I hope this episode was super helpful to you. I wanted to give you a heads up that starting on Tuesday, I'm going to be doing another podcast series. I've done a couple of them here, and it's going to be Fat to Fit a series on the changes to go from fat to fit, focusing the first episode on food and then mindset and then fitness. A lot about uh, the general principles of the transition and how you can do it in a moderate way, but also kind of some of my own experiences and how my approach changed when I was at my heaviest versus when I had lost a good bit of weight versus now. So I wanted to give you a heads up that that's going to start on Tuesday. All right, let me share what I ate yesterday. What did I eat yesterday? (laughs) Um, Coffee in the morning. Yeah, worked out fasted. And then afterwards, yesterday was crazy because I had a bunch of coaching calls and I had a webinar. Um, I had a can of salmon while I was working. I don't like to multitask while I eat, but I did. And then I had a a packet of fat fudge while I was working. Then I did take a break to have a huge salad with some orange slices and some chicken salad. 
And, oh, and I got stuck in traffic. And while I was un- in traffic, I had bought some spicy cabbage coleslaw and I ate it with my fingers while I was in traffic. So there was that too. But anyway, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I will talk to you soon. I hope you have a wonderful day. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for joining me for another episode of the Primal Potential Podcast, where my goal is not to inform you, but to transform you. And if you would like to receive free motivation and strategy and recipes, workouts, meal ideas every week right to your inbox, just text the word PRIMAL to the number 44222 or go to primalpotential.com slash join. It's a great way to get the tools, the strategies, and the practical implementation assistance that you need to create your own transformation between podcast episodes. Just text the word PRIMAL to the number 44222 or go to primalpotential.com slash join. See you there.